0: Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. The Mantle Conference, and we're going to have the Mantle Conference until Jesus comes, or until Brother Stone King doesn't want to come back anymore. And if he ever decides that, we're going to excommunicate him. Amen. What a blessing. What a humble servant of God. Amen. Do you appreciate this man of God? Why don't you receive him as he comes to preach the word of the Lord Jesus? Would you do that for the Lord tonight? Because he alone is worthy of our praise, adoration, veneration worship. What a wonderful atmosphere. Where Jesus is, anything can happen. Anything can happen here tonight because Jesus is in this place. Let me draw your attention to the book of Acts chapter 5. Here, as I read to you, I want to bring to your attention these verses, this account These accounts are our heritage as apostolic Pentecostals, as apostolic Christians. This is our beginnings. In chapter 5, beginning at verse 14, the Bible says here, "...and believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women." insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. Say new doctrine. Hmm. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one." Powerful. Then in the 19th chapter of the book of Acts, this is another new doctrine. Here, in Acts 19, verse 11, and God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons. He didn't even have to make house calls. He didn't even have to go there. just sent a piece of cloth from his body. And the diseases departed out of them. I want to entitle this tonight, Powerful, manifestations and I want you to lift your hands and pray that God will open your heart in your mind with the spirit of revelation and understanding let your voice out don't worry about your neighbor before behind beside Jesus tonight again as I step into this pulpit before these wonderful people I sense hunger here the presence of the Almighty. I feel the brush of angels' wings. I'm asking tonight that you will anoint us both to hear and to speak. We will not fail to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. Bind us together in one mind and one accord. We ask these things in the resplendent, all-powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing so long. Would you clap up roversly for the Lord for just a moment, and would you let your voice out? (laughs) Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Several years ago, in the eastern part of this country, a group of scientists got together And they conducted one of the most unusual experiments I've ever heard about. And it helped to change my life. It helped to change my concept of my connection, my relationship to God. What they did was they took a large aquarium and they filled it with water, put in the appropriate sand and various rocks and whatever, and they put in a large northern pike fish. I don't know if you know anything about northern pike fish, but they have very sharp, razor-edged, sharp teeth in their jaws. And they're powerful when they're large. And we have a lot of them in the part of the country where I come from, up in the Canadian area. What the scientists did was they threw in all kinds of live bait, minnows, and that northern pike just went after them and devoured as much as he wanted, as often as he wanted, and he fared sumptuously every day. But there came a time when the scientist came in, and he had eaten all the fish that was there, and they had not put anything in, any live bait in for a day or so. They put an invisible shield into that aquarium. They divided it with clear glass. And on the other side of the glass, opposite the northern pike, they dropped in the minnows and they began to swim. And then the scientists stepped back to watch what would happen. And the pike, as, as aforetime, went after that live bait. But his snout hit that invisible shield and he bounced back. And he swam around and didn't go after them for a while. But then after a while, hunger drove him to go again. And he went after it. It was right there. The live bait was right there. He went after it again. But again, he hit that invisible shield and bounced back. Hunger kept driving this fish. He kept going after that bait. After that bait, hunger drove him. But every time he went after what was right there, he hit that invisible shield and he just bounced back until his face, if you want to call it a face, or his snout, was just ragged and torn. Hunger had driven him to that position. When the scientists saw that, they lifted that invisible shield and took it out. That live bait swam round and around that large pike, but the pike made no effort to go after it. Because he had become programmed in his mind, that no matter how hard he tried, he wasn't able to reach it. And with everything that Pike needed to sustain life and longevity of life, he died of starvation. Every time you and I come to church, swimming around us is everything we have need of. Everything we have need of. I don't care what your problem is, your problem is not bigger than Jesus. And the devil that may be tormenting you is not greater than he that is within you. But the problem is, we have hit so many invisible shields and bounced back until some of us no longer believe no matter how powerfully god moves in a service we no longer believe it will happen for us we're programmed in our mind it may happen for them but it's not going to happen for me and we literally die spiritually starvation a spiritual kind of starvation when everything we have need of every time we come together in the house of god it's just swirling around us I don't know about you, but I know about me. I intend to bust the shield. I intend to smash it. And you can, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. I feel like shouting, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Now, throw your hands in the air for a moment and your voice and ask God to help you to have faith and to believe no no matter what the problem is as never before. Jesus, right now, help everyone here within the sound of my voice to smash the shield, so to speak. Oh, God, and to possess the heritage that they so desperately desire and need. I ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. let me ask you if it is not us then who if we don't have it then who does where is he where is she I want to meet him I want to meet her I do not want to have missed it word of God, and my experience screams the affirmative that I have not missed it. That this literally really is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. You can come from anything to this, but you cannot go from this to anything else. There's nothing else to go to. This is the end of the line. We've got everything here. X everything is in this house. X Catholics, X Baptists. X whatever. And if you could get together and talk with any one of them personally, privately, they'd all say the same thing. Why are you here? The answer is, because this is better than where I was. That's why I'm here. This is better than the Evangelical Free Church. This is better than the Baptist Church. I've got a fire. I've got a Savior that is alive. I've seen the power of a resurrected Christ. His name is Jesus. Anything is possible with God. Nothing shall be impossible to them that believe. Oh. Jesus. It is now estimated That there are at least one billion people in the world that have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking with tongues. Ladies and gentlemen, scholars, friends, and foes, that is at least one-sixth of the world's population. Why? Because it is written in this book, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. People, it's not coming, it's here. Revival is not coming, it's here. Shake yourself and touch the miraculous. Touch it. Touch it. Brother Thomas, we can touch it. He's alive. He is able. Shout, he is able. i shout and I'm going to have it. Now, there's a tremendous change in our movement. I've been in United Pentecostal Church for 43 years now. Let's be painfully honest here tonight. And I've watched this all through the years. Women in the church have basically carried the ball. They have. They give the tongues, they give the interpretation. They're the ones that shout and dance, speak with tongues and shake and tremble, while well, the husband stands back and holds the child, if they have a child, or holds nothing, just stands there. Men just stand and they have just viewed. Women have carried all. Dance and shout, I mean, you know it's true, but something has happened in the last couple of years In my travel in this country, it's incredible. Men are becoming aggressive toward God like nothing I've ever seen before. Men are coming out of the corner. They don't care what anybody thinks. I've seen men grab another man, put his arm on their shoulder, and begin to dance and kick their legs. You would think they were at the whirling Ball in Jerusalem. I've seen other men grab their children, put them on their shoulders, and begin to dance around the church. That didn't happen 15 or 10 years ago, but it's happening now. They are just taking over. They are absolutely coming out to the forefront, and they are becoming aggressive toward the things of God. You know what it means? God is beginning to awaken the church. And in the order of creation, in the order of creation, we are people are beginning to take their rightful place. Hallelujah! Revival is in the earth. Revival is in the earth. Revival is in the land. It is among us. And I can tell here in this place there's some men that are phonetics. There are some wild men in this place here tonight. If I'm talking to you, wild man, why don't you come to your feet and just praise him whom you know! I worship you I suppose I'm trying to incite you to a spiritual riot but that's all right I I want every man to just shout in a moment it's why not we've got nothing to lose they're dancing in the discos and the bars they're shouting in the ball games they're shouting in the theaters a shop for Jesus, who hath redeemed us! Jesus, I worship you because you are God. Now ladies, why don't you join these fanatics and let's all clap and shout for a moment. Just everything that is inside of us. Hallelujah, Jesus, blessed be the name of the Lord. I worship you because you are God. There is none likened to thee, Jesus, neither in heaven nor in earth. hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. In Jesus' name, God bless you, wonderful people. You may be seated. In March March of last year, April of last year it was, I was in Covington, uh, Louisiana, preaching for the Rick Marcelli, wonderful friends of mine. And I go there annually and they have a meeting and the local pastors get together and they help to support the work like you do here, whatever, or the meeting. And um, there is a Marvin Poole who's been wonderfully used among youth through the years in UPC. He pastors not too far from Covington, and his, him and his wife, his lovely family, and church, they come and participate in this meeting. Well, I saw something that it still brings condemnation to me. I don't know what to do with it. Totally, I'm, I'm trying to do more of it, but it's sort of difficult when you travel the way I do, uh, because you'll understand that in a moment. But. There was a woman in the area of Brother Marvin Poole's church, driving in her car alone. Probably near 30, something like that. A voice spoke out loud to her in the car and said, Get baptized! She was alone, and she just responded, I have been baptized! But there was no one in the car but her, she thought. She kept driving. Again, that voice spoke and said, Get baptized. It scared her so badly. She went home. She got out a Bible and began to read and to study. And by reading and studying, she was able to understand she had not been baptized correctly. So... She had come in contact somewhere with some of her people, and she called someone in Brother Paul's church that she knew, and began to tell this person about that's what had happened. They said, look, there's a meeting going on over in Brother Marcelli's church in Covington. Come and go to this meeting. It's a revival meeting. So they brought her. Well, I'd heard the story before she got there. So they brought her. And uh, we had a wonderful service, and she came to be baptized in Jesus' name, because they had taught her and she had seen it. I didn't, I stood maybe about five or six feet back on the platform away from the baptistry. I didn't even close my eyes. I just wanted to see what would happen here. And so they baptized her, and I, I prayed, but I kept my eyes open, had my hands up, And when she came out of the water, that woman came out of the water speaking with tongues, God filled her with the Holy Ghost, right there in that (laughs) baptistry. Well, I mean, people rejoiced and worshipped, and I did. But this is what has brought such condemnation to me. The Lord spoke to me and said, If I cannot get my people to tell them, if I cannot get my preachers to preach it, I'll speak to them myself. That is how desperate God is to reach the lost in this world before his soon coming. is reaching desperately to pull people into the truth before it is everlastingly too late. I feel conviction. I want to do more than I've ever done in my life before. I was upgraded to first class on one flight and I, don't, I got to talking about God to someone and, and I really got into it about prophecy and what's happening and the whole first class portion of the plane was just listening to me. Even the flight attendants were involved. They were asking questions. Well, when the plane landed and I stood to get off, one of those flight attendants said to me, who are you? I said, one who knows. And that's exactly who I am. My name won't mean anything, but I'm somebody that knows. I know how to get saved. I know how to tell the world. Why don't you just cry out, I AM ONE WHO KNOWS! Hallelujah! Hallelujah, Jesus! Hallelujah! Hallelujah, Jesus! Hallelujah, Jesus! Oh, I went back to Sydney, Australia last year where everything happened that you've heard about where I'm concerned. It was amazing. We had 18 just over the weekend get the Holy Ghost. Six were baptized in Jesus' name. And there were miracles of healing, which I'll mention in a moment or two. But of those six that were baptized in Jesus' name, four of them were two Filipino pastors and their wives. They saw the oneness and got baptized in Jesus' name. The next day, they went out on the streets and all over Sydney to find other Filipino people and witness to them and preach to them baptism in Jesus' name and the oneness of God. The most exciting thing in the entire world. God is doing powerful things in this world. There was a woman in the altar service one night but after the power of God fell. The gift of faith was in that place. There was a woman, as I was walking through the people, ministering as I do, there was a woman bent over, just really bent over, and I just stopped and took a hold of her, began to pray with her, and while I did, her body just straightened just like that. Her daughter was watching, and her daughter started crying. She just, and they were not, they were not apostolics, they were visitors, her daughter started crying. And when there was another visitor there, she saw me, she said, your brother's drinking. I said, yes. She said, would you pay for my mother? I said, of course I will. Where is she? <clears throat> she said, well, listen, she was almost totally cut in half in a car accident, almost totally cut in half. They sewed her back together as best they could but she can't walk, she's just crippled. Would you pray? I said, yes, but take me to her. Well, she was clear over here on the end, right over there where you're seated. And I went over there, people were watching, and in my way of doing things, I just sat down beside her. She was an older woman, and you could tell she was in pain, she was sort of bent over, and I just took a hold of her hand, and I said, Mother, do you believe that when I lay hands on you and pray for you, that this Jesus I preach tonight will heal you? Tears began to run down her face, and she said, yes, Reverend, I do. I took her hand and began to pray for her in Jesus' name, and I stood up and just began to slowly lift her hand up into the air, and I got it all the way to the extent of the length of her arm, but I just kept pulling, and when I did, She came right out of that seat slowly and stood to her feet. When she got on her feet, she began to smile because she knew that Jesus had healed her and touched her. And then she just took off walking across the front and she began to jump up and down and dance. God miraculously healed her. There are powerful manifestations of God in this hour. But, and once a miracle like that happens, it spreads to everyone. It's like something is broken, and faith is just released, and everybody, all kinds of things. There was a doctor there, and he was dressed as doctors dress in nice clothes, and I was walking around after all this, and this man is standing there like this, Well, you don't expect a man with that kind of education, those kind of clothes, just to be standing there kicking like this. So I walked up and I said, I said, what is it, sir? (laughs) He said, "We were King, I had an injury in my knee. I was going to have to live with it for the rest of my life. There is nothing doctors can do. There's nothing I can do to help myself. He said, but while the service was going on and God was moving, he said, God has healed my knee. Look, he said, look. Well, I was convinced because I'd seen him do it about 10 times, uh, I knew something had happened. God had healed him. And then a boy comes up to him, and then it punches me in the face, it goes like this, right in front of my face. I said, what's your story? He said, he said, put a stone game. He said, this wrist, I couldn't even bend it or move it. He said, but... God has touched my wrist he said look you nearly hit me he was so excited you know when you really get excited about Jesus you're dangerous you don't really care what people think I mean whatever degrees the doctor had it didn't stop him from kicking a knee I mean, I don't think he'd have done that while he was in college, but when you're in the presence of God and God has performed a miracle, you really don't care, people. You'd, that's why in the Bible they ran into the temple and tore up the service shouting and dancing because God had worked a miracle and this Jesus had healed them! Why should we do this? Why should we do this? One girl had a bad ankle, and while she was just walking, the ankle bones began to crack and pop, and God healed her ankle instantaneously. Powerful manifestations of God are in the earth at this time, like I've never known before. Don't you know that when the news reached the religious hierarchy, In the temple, that this Peter is walking down the street with the sun shining, and people are bringing people just to lay in his shadow. You know there were those that didn't like that, and they preached and spoke against it. But you know what was interesting about it? It didn't stop the shadow from healing them. It was a new doctrine. It upset the traditions they knew had become accustomed to already. Then they get news <laughs> that Paul, oh, they're just taking handkerchiefs and aprons from his body and all kinds of people are being delivered and healed. you know they preached against that. They didn't like it. There's always someone that doesn't like it. But you know what? It's easier to criticize than it is to consecrate and get a hold of it for yourself. And the grandstands are full of critics. But you know where I want to be? Down in the arena where the action is going on. I want to be down here just doing all of this stuff. I want to just be laying hands on. I want to get a hold of people. I want to just see this Jesus. I want to dance with you, son. I want to worship God. I don't care what people think. I'm beyond all of that. Yeah. God. God. is trying to get us, break us out of just traditions and get us involved in the work of the spirit. If you want to see something you've never seen before, why don't you try doing something you've never done before? If you've never shouted, why don't you try it? If you've never, if you've never clapped, why don't you try it? If you've never run, why don't you try it? If you've never bowed before God, why don't you try it? Or oh, whatever! Brother and Sister Butcher, my is where they can tell you, I am a very shy individual. You would never know that now. But when I came into Pentecost, I was so shy. I never had a speech class in my life. I was scared to death in high school. I'd lied my way out of everything because I was shy. There's still things I don't like because it has to do with my personality. I am an introvert made extrovert by the power of the Holy Ghost. That's really what I am. But there are still things I don't like, and I won't to tell you what they are. But they're just things. I do them because I have to do them in my position in the ministry. They're things I have to do. I don't like to do it because it just isn't me. When I came into Pentecost, that man right back there, but what you stand for a moment. Just stand. That's my pastor. They won me, him and his wonderful wife to the Lord, 43 years ago. Thank you. I love them. They're wonderful people. But, When I came to church, the first time I came, on a Thursday night, they took, I mean, the song service took off at 95 miles an hour. I'm idling about four or five, because that's what we do in the Evangelical Free Church. In the Evangelical Free Church, if you really sneeze badly, it could disrupt a lot of things. If you had a coughing spell, it, it could just shatter it. Here you could drop dead, and nobody would know you were dead. They would just think that you had fallen out in a trance, and you were seeing visions. from God. <laughs> That's all right. We'll resurrect you when the service is over. Don't worry. Everything has gone to be <laughs> Make a long story short, I, I, I didn't lift my hands. Clapping was foreign to me in church. Oh, and he'd stand up there and say, "Let's everybody clap." Well, I'm the only one not clapping. So I I would give it this. I remember. I was trying to get into it. Well, it's true, isn't it, Sister Butcher? It's just so true. I was trying to get into it. Well, these people preach divine healing. My spinal column had been wrecked in a car accident when I was 15 years old. I was going to the doctor every other day after work when they met me, when I found the butchers and they found me. I couldn't make it from Friday to Monday sometimes. I had to go to see the doctor on the weekend. I was in terrible shape. My back, my neck, I was in awful shape. But these people, believed in divine healing and I had seen people in what they call you know, testimony services or they'd have healing, they'd go up there and he'd open a bottle of oil and he'd pray for them and they would just come back with tears running down their face and later they have what you call what you call a testimony service and they'd stand and thank God for healing them with tears running down their faces I never saw anything like that in the evangelical free church or the Baptist church or Billy Graham crusade I never saw any place I had been, but they didn't hear. And these people were dressed decent, I mean, they had responsible jobs. And I thought to myself, you see people, when you are desperate, you don't care what you have to do as long as it works. When you're in pain, you don't care what you have to do as long as it works. I thought to myself, I wonder if that would work for me. I wonder if that would work for me. So the next time I went to church, I caught with a butcher outside the church they worship in the basement of new pastage in those days because they were that through had come through and all of that and they were saving to build for a new church but that's where i started i got the holy ghost of the basement of their house where they had church well <clears throat> i said to, i said to him i said reverend butcher i'd like prayer for my body tonight well that's what you had said so i knew if i said what you had said he'd know what i wanted i gave him no details they didn't know me i was just a visitor there so the service started again, about 95 miles an hour, and they sang a song or two, and I thought they had forgotten me, but I was desperate. I raised my hand, remember Brother Butcher, and you said, Mr. Storking, in those days <laughs> is what he said. Mr. Storking, what is it? I said, I want prayer for my body tonight. He said, come right now. Well, my heart was going like this. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, people. I've seen enough among you that I can understand that almost anything can happen among you people at this point. But I walked down there. He took a little bottle of oil, opened it, and I knew what he was going to do because I didn't close my eyes when he prayed for the rest of you. I knew exactly what he was going to do. <laughs> I was watching. I noticed I never saw like it. He just went like this. He said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command you to be healed. And he has a very compassionate voice. And he just went like that with that olive oil. I raised my hands just this high. That was major for me. Do you understand? Can you see me up there? My hands went no higher, and that was major for me. And all I did was I whispered, "I believe." I don't know how to pray the way you pray. I just whispered, "I believe." I went Sunday night, I went back and sat down in my seat. And He kept on going, and he preached and gave an altar call, and I didn't go <laughs> because, as far as I, I'm thinking. I'm, I'm saved. And they told me I wasn't, but I felt I was. <laughs> so I just hopped in there. He always drove me home after church. I was, didn't have a car, I was going to Drake University, studying so commercial art at night, saving all my, my money, working my way through school, whatever. But the next morning, when the alarm went off, I get up, there was no pain in my back. It, people, it was tremendous. Tuesday came. They were still in pain. Wednesday came. They were still in pain. Thursday came. People, I had a new lease on life. I mean, it was just incredible. Friday came, and the doctor's office called, and they said, "Leave her are You've missed all your appointments this week. Are you bedfast?" I said, "No, no, I'm not." They said, "What's wrong?" I said. I don't think you'll believe it. <laughs> I said, but I've been to a Pentecostal church on the east side of Des Moines, Iowa, and they pray for me divi- for divine healing. They believe in divine healing, and I've been divinely healed. The doctor was furious. I was a good patient every other night, year after year. They gave even- me, I even had a discount rate. I was <laughs> <I'm so> off. <laughs> What I forgot to tell you though is on Sunday night after he prayed for me when they passed the offering plate, I thought, well, you know, I paid the doctor tomorrow night. I should tip God with something here for what he's done for me. So I pulled out my wallet and dropped in the offering plate exactly what it was going to cost me to see the doctor next night. The doctor was furious. He said, we want to see you. They always want to see you. So I went in. I told him exactly the same story again. He was furious. He said, I'll give you one month, boy. You'll be back to me in worse shape than you were ever in. And I just grinned. I said, no, I don't think so. I think this is going to work. It's 43 years later, and it's still working. Still working working because that man and woman gave their life to raising up a church but they didn't know about a Jesus like this. Thank you brother Butcher. Thank you Sister Butcher. Oh oh that's what changed my life. I said to myself, if there a Jesus this real, I will shout it from the housetops. I will shout this from the housetops. I quit college, I went off to Bible school, I came out of there, and I've been preaching it ever since. And I'll continue preaching. I'm 66 years old, I'll never retire. As long as I've got a voice and a mind, I will preach this gospel if I have to hold on to a pulpit. I will preach this message because there is a Jesus that can do anything he can do everything he can do all things Jesus I worship you I've seen thousands of people healed of all kinds of things in 43 years it's astounding God, there are powerful manifestations in this world tonight. For example, I did the um, West Virginia Youth Conference back in, I think it was February of this year. There was about 1,400 young teenagers, young singles there, and young people, some, some young married couples. and. I mean, those young people shouted and danced and worshiped God. We had a sovereign move of God. There were wonderful things that happened. But there was a young couple that had been aimers somewhere on foreign soil, and I've been trying to reach them because I want to get all the details, because I, I I want to get permanently all the small, minute details. But he pulled me aside, him and his wife, and they said to the Stone King, we want to tell you something. We were in a country. And they said, we were just preaching in the jungle areas. This is just a young couple. They said, we were just out there preaching. And they said, there was this one place where we went, that uh, as we went along the, the path roadway into the village, there was this huge tree along this path road, and the limbs were just hanging full of bones and feathers, where people had come and hung these bones and feathers on these limbs as worship to the woman witch. That controlled that whole area. She was a witch. And these kids just walked by this tree into the village area and began to preach. And the devils in that witch rose up. And she came running out and came running toward this young couple. Mistake. Yeah. Mistake. Yeah. When they saw her coming, they threw their hands in the air and said, In the name of Jesus Christ! And the witch fell to the ground. And they gathered around her and began to pray and cry and cast those devils out of that woman, and she received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And that's wonderful. But that is not the thing that has shaken me. The moment that witch began to speak with tongues, the ex-witch began to speak with tongues, the tree along the path road burst into flame and burned up, exploded, and fell to the ground. That I'm not talking about something 2,000 years ago, people. I'm talking about something now. These things are happening now. That's what I'm so excited about. That's what I'm dancing about. That's what I'm shouting over. These things are happening now among us for our people. (laughs) those things are coming to america those things are coming to america that's it that's it that's it sister butcher these things are coming to america It may well be that your prayers here tonight is opening the door, pushing back the forces of darkness and allowing this to come marching toward us. I don't know about you, but there is something marching toward us. There is something marching toward us. There is something marching toward us. us. If you can feel that in the Spirit, would you throw your hands in the air? Would you let your voices out? Would you worship God? from the very deep of your heart hallelujah But Thomas, I want to see in America what you've told me is happening in India and all of those Muslim countries. I want it to come to America. Would you agree with me that the miracles you have seen, that the anointing you have a hold of, that the apostleship that is upon you will come to our preachers, it will come to our ministers in this country of America. We agree together. If any two agree is touching anything on the earth, it shall be done of them by my Father which is in heaven. We agree in the name of Jesus. God Ah! something being born here tonight something is being born you are giving birth to something in this service tonight that's it that's it that's it healing in this house if you will just lift both hands and begin to worship God no matter where you're seated and begin to worship that healing and that deliverance will come down upon you you will walk out of here possessing things that you did not walk in with jesus in the name of the lord jesus sister butcher i feel healing sister butcher i feel healing coming down upon your body right now in the name of jesus of nazareth in the name of jesus of nazareth in the name of jesus of nazareth sister gleason sister gleason Sister, would you go lay your hands on my pastor's wife? They're right there in the name of Jesus. There's healing coming down upon her in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. If you're a believer tonight and you've got a burden, why don't you reach over, just lay a hand on someone if it is appropriate, and begin to pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is an anointing upon this audience. There is an anointing upon this audience, powerful anointing, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth hallelujah hallelujah god in the name of jesus we agree together in the name of jesus we agree together that's it that's it that's it in the name of jesus of nazareth People are being healed right now. There are miracles of healing taking place in this house right now. In the name of Jesus. I release to you the gift of faith. In the name of Jesus. That's it. That's it right there. That's it. That's it right there. You've got it. Hallelujah. but just lift your hands and worship God. All kinds of things are happening here because it is exactly as I said where Jesus is, anything can happen. Anything can happen in the presence of the Lord. The Holy Ghost is in that balcony. I can feel the Spirit of God emanating from that balcony. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah